out there, and welcome to No Stupid Answers Episode 11, the show with the most qualified people discussing and answering the most interesting questions from Reddit. I'm Colton Wallace, joined by the champions of Norath, queen of podcasting, Lori Asava. Hey, hey. PhD, Dr. Jessica Yazarians. Hey there. And resident linguist, Josh Lieto. Hey, Colton. Where have all the good men gone? Uh, uh, long time passing, long time ago. Flowers came, girls picked them, everyone. Uh, long. What are you they, talking about? Moral of the song is they went to war and died, actually. It's kind of a sad song. It's called wow. Where Have All the Flowers Gone? How sad. All right. So our first question this week, uh, posted on Reddit by user Peace Love Arizona. And the question is, I just learned that Juneteenth is a federal holiday. Will you be taking the day off from work? Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Well, technically, it was yesterday on June 19th, but we are celebrating right. today on the 20th. Did you guys get off? No. Well, it is a federal holiday. That's why it isn't today. So you should maybe you should have had off. I mean, yeah, I'll take it. Um, what, well, you so, should have taken it. <laughs> is Juneteenth recently made a federal holiday or has it been a federal holiday for a long time? Yeah, great question. It was um, created a federal holiday in 2021. Oh, okay, so oh, very wow. recently. It is very recent to be a federal holiday. However, it has been celebrated for many, many, many years um, since like <laughs> 1865, June 19th, 1865. And uh, I've been doing a lot of reflection and um, my company did, didn't really offer it as a day off. Um, rather, it's recognized as a day of learning and a day of reflection. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been doing today. I, I went for a, a little walk to the library and I was listening to a great podcast that we can share called the Juneteenth Mixtapes. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just talking about a bunch of different um, voices coming in from New York talking about when they heard about Juneteenth and also like what they thought it was. So I'm curious to hear what all of you have heard about Juneteenth. So I don't know where I learned it from, potentially just from like culture, other people telling me. Um, I don't remember ever learning about it in any sort of school context. Maybe I did and I just didn't remember it, but um. I guess my understanding is it was like a a date of freeing slaves or also end of civil war. I guess I'm not completely clear, but something along those lines is what I thought. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I, yeah, I definitely learned about it in school. So I think Colton was just not paying attention. Yeah, very possible. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of a complex story because you don't realize how quickly news travels in our current day and how in the past that would affect like these major things happening. So Juneteenth, as Lori is going to tell you, what exactly happened? It, it's June 19th is the right day? So um, June 19th is the day that we celebrate. Uh, like I said, it's a federal holiday now. So you kind of get those, um, just like any other federal holiday, your work day, the either following um, that holiday is usually what is recognized. Um, so you get to celebrate. But it is actually, it's not the Emancipation Day. It's not the actual day that um, Abraham Lincoln 
kind of freed the slaves. It's actually okay. the day that um, a Union Army general, Gordon Granger, um, rode into Texas. Galveston. Texas. Um, and finally told the last group of slaves that they were free. So um, for a long time, like Josh said, the news doesn't travel as fast as the way it is today. And so it took a lot of slaves are actually technically on paper free. However, we're never told that they were free. And so um, this is like the official day that the last group of um, slaves were told that they were free. Um, it's also known as like Juneteenth National Independence Day um, because really this is the day that people are free. I, I mean, we celebrate July 4th um, as Independence Day, but is that really Independence Day when so many people were not free um, in our country? And so this is kind of the real Independence Day and the um, a, a great celebration. Um, and it's Something that I don't think we talk a lot about, and we don't really create much space to talk about. So there's been a lot of pushing for a long time to get this into um, a federal holiday to kind of represent both celebration of what has been and um, kind of this moment of freedom, but also to recognize that not everybody is still free today and there's still a long way to go in the ways that we are making it um, a safe and free country for all people. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's just kind of one moment that we can recognize and it's just kind of cool to continue to learn and grow and constantly be creating spaces to have that discussion. Lori, when you had mentioned that uh, you were listening to a good podcast with people calling in about it, what was the consensus? Did you get a sense of when people generally had this on their radar, like what it meant to them, that type of thing? Great question. So um, based on what I was hearing, it was a mixed bag. There are some people who have been celebrating it since they were children. Um, and mm. usually the day is very similar if you have celebrated kind of a 4th of July celebration. It includes family, barbecues. I heard that there's also a lot of red foods, um, red mm. drinks and red foods. The red represents the blood of enslaved people from that time. And I think there's other uh, other things as well as it's also red is considered respect for their ancestors and things like that. Um, there was a, a post, I think Padma Lakshmi actually was the one who put it on her Instagram. And it was just really interesting that that is one way of celebrating. But lots of barbecues, lots of celebrations. Um, one lady was talking about how when she was a kid, she would um, like have firecrackers with her with her friends and kind of celebrate with her family. But then on the other side, there were people uh. who had just heard of it. And they had heard of it either through the news or through um, work because their work gave it off. Um, so I think it's kind of a mixture of knowledge at this point of what is it? How do you celebrate it? How do you recognize it in the right way? And what can you do to help support the kind of ongoing push um, for freedom in the country? And a lot of reflection, podcasts, um, learning, discussions, all types of things I think are super important. All right. Thanks for that description, Lori. Next, we'll move on to our We Ask Reddit segment, where we pose a question to Reddit and then discuss it along with the responses here. 
Uh, go ahead and lead us off, Josh. Yeah. So the question we asked was, where do you typically eat dinner at home? And we got some responses on this that ranged from uh, dining room table to laying in bed and watching something on my computer to eating on a TV tray in front of the television. Or we received one person who apparently props the book up in front of them and reads while they eat, which I sort of feel like this is kind of the I feel like this person really does just actually have a screen <laughs> and they're like, well, it's kind of like a, watching a YouTube video about the fall of the, of the uh, Roman empire actually is kind of like reading a book. <laughs> kind of saying. We pretty much always eat dinner on the couch, like watching shows or YouTube videos. Like we have a kitchen table, but like we hardly use it like as a place to eat dinner and like people sitting around a table in their kitchens eating together and like, I, that's never been a thing that my family did. Oh, we're, so you guys were always, always in front of the TV? Uh, I don't know if it was always, like, ne- not necessarily always, like, watching TV, but it was, like, oftentimes, like, in the living room rather than the kitchen. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, okay. not always watching TV per se, but just, like, rarely in the kitchen. Well, that is a distinct from my childhood experience which was eating dinner at the kitchen table and saying grace beforehand <laughs> yeah. and adding in any special blessings for any honored guests who might be joining us yeah. that night so it was very much a ordered experience and uh, my little brother whenever we would finish he'd always have to go to the bathroom right away mm-hmm. and it would be we, we'd like but it would only be like i say right away i would say the moment we started doing dishes, my little brother would have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what about now? <laughs> do you guys eat at the table? Or do you eat? We have we do have a kitchen table. We uh, like to put things on. <laughs> <laughs> we tried the first like week that we got the table. We're like, oh, we're gonna be adults. We're gonna sit at the table. That did not last long. So we sit at <laughs> We did. We had a couple dinners at that table, and it was <laughs> like, wait, we have to sit. <laughs> yeah. We're all each other. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I remember we just kept trying to have a conversation, and I was just like drinking a beer, and I didn't know what to say. She's right through me. <laughs> no, we were trying to be I, I like the... a little healthier by eating at the table, but in reality, why is that healthier? Why, yeah. yes. moved... why is that healthier? Well, we were just trying to decouple, I, th- I think for me, at least, I-, I think for Lori too, we were at that point, I think we were trying to decouple the act of watching television and really? eating Okay. because then we would just end up, we, you know, then it becomes natural to just like get food and just sit in front of the TV. And we tried to make eating more of just an event yeah. of we're going to eat now and we're going to make food and we're going to eat it and we're going to just sit together and enjoy the food. And it was, it was great. We should actually do that more. I kind of like to do that again. Get some cottage cheese and sit down and have Maybe a, a little jello. Nice little... I don't... Yes. A little banana. Yeah, I don't see jello. any need for us to go back to eating at the kitchen table. Like... I, could get, I could see why people would want to decouple those two things, yeah. like television and, and sure. food. And like, I guess you could make the argument that you can have a practice of mindfulness and like appreciate your food sure. in a different way. As soon as I got right. like six more hours in the day, I'll be in. For yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I don't have to do anything else besides like yeah. cook a, a healthy meal and like have a mindfulness practice for five hours right. at the table, like then, you know, I'll be able to do that. Yeah. But I, I think I get it, but who has um, 
the practical time. Also, for that. looking at the responses, like very few of the responses is are eating at their dining room table. Um, there's a lot of people that have like an iPad or at their desk in front of them, uh, multiple responses on the sofa. So I don't, I don't think it's yeah. abnormal at all. At least it seems like that's a common response. Oh, right. Oh, for sure. I oh, totally right, agree. To it's, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's controversial that people eat in front of I whatever. think the only time we have like as a family ate, eaten like at a kitchen table is like during Thanksgiving or something like that. Like I would, I do remember like having, you know, like formal family events and like, but mm. that's because there's seats there. <laughs> there's yeah. lots of seats <laughs> that need to be filled and the table is just a good place for it, I guess. Yeah. Growing up um, for me, we, during the week, mostly ate in like our TV room on TV trays. And also like we all ate at different times. Like it was like mm -hmm. my mom would have food ready for us right when we got home from school, which was really early, but because my little brother um, has hypoglycemia. He has to eat really early. So um, we would all eat at different times depending on when we came home. So it's kind of like you're eating by mm -hmm, yourself. Mm -hmm. But on Sundays, usually we would have a big meal and we would sit together um, or like sit outside. That was kind of like the one day mm -hmm. where we would kind of sit around the table. Now it's a little bit more common i think when we all are home like most of the kids are out of the house now so it's usually always around holidays and we'll sit at the table much more than just in the um tv room but yeah sure but that's that's not like a typical day right, exactly right a typical day people are even in your house in your parents household i would say people are kind of doing their own thing yeah in, in posing this question um i, I was kind of curious if because we eat dinner on the couch and watch TV all the time. Like I was curious to know, like if that was super common and from the responses I'm gathering, it is pretty common. Yeah. It's ultra common. I've heard multiple I mean, in terms of, I've heard so many people comment on it. Um, I did have a, uh, I had a professor once who had a tapestry over there, over the TV in mm. their house. And um, sort of like one of these things that you could like pull back. And kind of just keep the TV covered. Also, think about the way that your furniture is oriented. The television is, you can be very, you can really get into a kind of, you know, all hail the machine mentality. <laughs> and, uh, literally, it's, you know, it's a focal point. And I think that that, that might be a Yeah, I prefer so, the days where we used know. to just stare at fireplaces. <laughs> I want a fireplace so bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like my dream. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. What kind of fireplace are you trying to one get? One that Lori? lets bats in, probably. Any cool fireplace, <laughs> anyone that that I can actually have a fire in. I need to actually have a fire in it with like logs. You, it's okay you don't if want it's that. You just logs want a fake one, or better. gas or whatever. Not maybe not electric. I don't know. I don't know. I have to. I have to go and do some exploring on fireplaces. But I know I want one. <laughs> I would want one that you can change the colors of. <laughs> <laughs> so not a real fire like a lava lamp yeah. Yeah. yeah like a really expensive lava lamp that emits heat i have a question though do you have a, like a a certain type of thing that you watch when eating oh yeah definitely it's preferably when eating youtube's great I, I, 
we watch a lot of YouTube anyways. Um, but so I have like a full catalog of YouTube subscriptions. But um, so it'll either be YouTube or like a light show. You can't have a primetime show. Yeah, you can't. There's no Stranger Things during eating time. That's like for when I have my undivided attention to look at the TV screen and not worry about what I'm eating. We definitely oh, watch wow. the primetime stuff during food time. <laughs> I feel like the oh, yeah. like I guess you know I do pay attention to like what I'm eating and like how I'm eating even if we are watching like you know videos or things on TV so like I actually prefer like lighter um television stuff like or medium educational programs where it's kind of light um because I'm more so paying attention to my food and like eating and like trying to I am trying to be like mindful I guess in those moments um so I have a hard time focusing on primetime tv if I'm like eating a meal that is such that is such an interesting point too because then you you might be led to watch more like documentaries Mm -hmm. and like uh like I'm I'm the same way like when I I'll turn on like planet earth or something if I'm just by myself like just something easy that's like really you know I like where you're going with this. Watching TV while you eat dinner is actually beneficial is what you're trying to say. <laughs> oh, what I'm saying is like it's when my parents used to say when I was a kid and the doctors asked if uh, and I don't know why the doctors were there or what they were doing. But there's a story in our family that the doctors asked what the uh, if we had any video games and my parents said we have a computer and we have educational video games. And the doctor said good parents. <laughs> And that's the story that's been passed down in my family. Um, But it's like that. It's like if you if you like only watch like good, like if you only like learn, like watch something where you're like learning something when you watch TV, it's kind of like saying we only, you know, like I play I play video games, but I only play like educational video. I don't eat junk food. I just watch documentaries. (laughs) Exactly. This was the cross that needed to be made. (laughs) All right. So. As is tradition with our We Ask Reddit questions, we will select our favorite answers and provide awards to those Reddit users. Get ready for your award! So, for me, I would like to award user Amaranth Rosenrot because they said on a TV tray in front of the TV, and that's the best answer because that's also what I do. (laughs) Along with user... Bobby Buddha, who also said on a sofa in front of the TV. I'll be awarding both of those users because they said what I said. I have a favorite. Captain Bunny, who says, in my bed, surrounded by my frog plushies, because that's where I feel safest to eat. I hear you, Captain Bunny, and I hope you get as many frog plushies as your heart can hold. And I am glad that you feel safe to eat, but I also hope that you can find safer places outside of your bedroom. All right. Thanks to all the Reddit users that provided answers to our We Ask Reddit question this week. Uh, our next question comes in from user Stupid Idiot Face. And the question is What current trend will be the most regrettable 20 years from now? Uh, any big ones out there for you guys? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, so I'll start with talking about um, looking at some of the responses in the Reddit thread. And there was a lot of talk of people about past regrettable trends where they're saying, 
oh, I regret the things I posted on Facebook 15 years ago where it was just like, right. like I see it and it was just like, why the hell did I post this? <laughs> there was no filter and it was just like an emotional dump onto like the internet. Like there's no, there was no real filter or like acknowledgement that is, first of all, is going to be there forever. And second of all, no thought on if it's a good idea or not. It, I so. don't think people had as good of an understanding it then. So you have just the <laughs> dumbest, simplest things oh I gosh. feel like that used to get posted. Right. I, I remember um, having a friend tell me about how they had posted at one point that something about when Lizzie Lohan was going through all of her difficulties at one point and posted something about like, oh my God, look who's out of rehab now. Can't wait to see those drunk pics or something like that. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, what a dumb thing to post as like a, as a teenager. <laughs> and I feel like in hindsight, we always tend to regret, you know, uh, Especially if you like overanalyze or overthink things or just regret things we did in the past, right. regardless in some sense of the value, you know, value. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, like literally everyone. everything I've ever said in public. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Delete. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, yes. I was trying to like, as I was thinking about this question, I was trying to like think about what would be the equivalent of today, like 20 years ago, like trends that I think are like atrocious from the early 2000s or thin eyebrows which was a carryover <laughs> from like the 90s really regrettable because my eyebrows have never recovered from that and um really super low-cut jeans um an abomination i would say that they're coming back and i hope it never does <laughs> i know i've been seeing that and i'm like really it's gonna be the trend it. that has been regretted <laughs> twice <laughs> <laughs> yeah every 20 years it's like <laughs> Buck low cut jeans. Right? <laughs> we don't learn. I've never actually been a part of an embarrassing trend. I'm just free and clear of all of them. I never liked low cut jeans, but that's all you could buy 20 <laughs> years ago. It was terrible. So yeah, so I've been thinking about like what's the like current equivalent of that, and it, it's got to be jeans. That is a good question. <laughs> right. Clothes are tough, though, because clothes always become out of fashion, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So that's guaranteed. And it's the same thing with, like, so clothes kind of always, they always change. Constitution, they always go out of fashion. That's... So that's fair. But then also with Facebook and with social media, it's like, well, if it was, if people regret it now, then that doesn't really make a difference if people regret it in 20 years. So what's something that's authentically from, like, right now in, like, June 20th, 2022? Making a podcast? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everybody has podcasts. Like we're liter literally doing it today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say TikTok. TikTok was, I thought that too, like doing TikTok dances and that kind of thing. I feel like how long, it, like posting inspirational quotes is still like a popular thing, right? Oh, I hope not. That's, that's what, my, that's what I, my answer is. Oh. Posting inspirational quotes on social media. Um, you know, like, people, a lot of people do that. I still. know. You know, like the one, like the example is like where they say, I am the storm, like Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. after coffee. Like they're going to look <laughs> yeah. back in 30 years and be like, what? No, they're not going to look back in 30 years. They have no self awareness to know that they're dumb right now. So, like, why is it going to change? Sorry to the listeners years? out there. We've just offended. <laughs> well, 
I like my personal favorite for inspirational quotes is Inspirobot. It's like a um, like a bullshit AI <laughs> that you can click a button and it gives you like <laughs> a, a, a AI generated inspirational quote that's complete nonsense with like a random picture of like a sunset or like a flower. <laughs> it's brilliant. It is much more inspirational than what people can come up with. Inspirobot, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Nice. I think um, trends that will be regrettable in 20 years, small plastics, anybody? Um, oh, recycling. So like right. the, There's a lot of things that we still don't recycle. Um, the fact that there's a lot of places that don't have uh, composting, I think it's going to be very, very regrettable in 20 years as it's going to be hot as hell with uh, climate change. Oh, well, so, Lori, the the issue with some of the recycling is that it doesn't really get recycled. That's what I'm saying. That's a trend that we need to be regretting. We need to figure out ways to fix that. <laughs> yeah, plastic. Better packaging. Yeah, I think we need to move away from plastic. Little plastics can go away. We got to get better at what we use. You, you see some of that in process, though. Um, yeah, but I think there we still have some it, trends oh, that are need to be kicked to the curb. Sure. A lot of that's going to come down to cost basis, though, when you get into companies purchasing things. Um, so with stuff like that, like it, you're not going to fix it unless it's either regulated out or by cost basis, it becomes better. I think whichever way you slice it, we're going to regret it. The oceans are regretting it. The world's regretting it. I got one. Live, laugh, love. That should be regrettable. Oh, the people that like painted on their walls. <laughs> Somebody in 20 years is going to like buy a house and they're going to walk in and the walls just going to say live, laugh, love on it. Kind of like <laughs> faded out with pieces <laughs> falling off of it. That's going to be regrettable. That's kind of like wallpaper was a regrettable trend if you have to take it down from your house. But now people are putting up new wallpapers. So maybe in 20 years that will also mm -hmm. be regrettable. Also, I've been reading this book called Consumed, The Need for Collective Change, Colonialism, Climate Change, and Consumerism by Asia Barber. And um, it's all about fast fashion and um, basically like how pretty much the fast, fast fashion industry is really kind of messed up and how it leads to so many things that are not really good. But one of them is just based on trends of clothing. Like we have seasonal clothing, we have trending clothing. And all of this, every time you want to wear the new trendy thing, you're kind of supporting this unsustainable life cycle of clothing and it constantly cycles through. And so um, it was interesting when I like Googled current trends, a lot of them had to do with fashion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just something that's so interesting. It just feeds our consumer kind of cycle of I need the next best thing and then I'm going to get rid of my old stuff and it's going to go back into this 
unsustainable life cycle. So yeah. It, anyway, most of those clothes are made bar. out of plastic. Like the fibers are not are unnatural fibers, um, and like nylons and um, like acrylic fibers. And essentially, they're just it's more plastics going into landfills. There's not a good way to recycle clothing. I mean, you know, you can try to upcycle things and like buy at thrift stores and things like that. But just like the millions of tons of plastic fabrics that we are producing to um, make fast fashion, it's just like mind blowing. It's something that I've like tried to consciously like work against and like make decisions like uh, with clothing purchases that like go against that. So, but it's hard. So... Yeah, hopefully fast fashion will be a regrettable trend. Yeah. But also I think those ankle pants that we talked about, Colton, a while ago, those might be regrettable in 20 years. What's wrong with the ankle pants? (laughs) Maybe we won't want to show our ankles. Yeah, right. All right, worst trend is starting a podcast in 2022, so um, (laughs) wish us luck. See you in 20 years. Thanks for your question, stupid idiot face. (laughs) We'll be back after this short break. And welcome back to the podcast. Our next question comes in from Reddit user Fire Ranger V. And the question is, is being a plumber something to be ashamed of? Uh, and I think the obvious answer is no. But let's dive more into the reasons of why would somebody ask this question and what, what, what do we think might have led to this? Well, I think it's because people have like a negative perception of working class jobs. Mm-hmm. All of my family, you know, had blue collar jobs and service industries or other types of industries. And I think that those are like completely fine jobs. There's nothing wrong with those types of jobs. And I think that like, if you're working as a plumber, I bet you're part of a union. I bet you make a lot of money. And like, that's a service in an industry that is always going to have um, need. And there's always going to be somebody that needs that service. So I think it's a great job. Yeah. And I I think you get this with a lot of jobs that are a lot of times any job that involves any kind of like labor or like trades. And I I don't know why they're a skill. And uh, usually, like you said, they usually pay decently too. So I really don't think you should have to be ashamed of any job necessarily, but this one seems like definitely not. All I can say is anytime that a plumber has come to my house, I am always very grateful. So (laughs) yeah. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. You do have to be as careful far as like, with your plumber. You got to make sure you do get a very skilled plumber. It's a very skilled trade. It's not easy. But once you get the right plumber, that plumber will be able to unclog your pipes like no Drano could ever even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a resounding no. <laughs> you should not be ashamed. I think an underlying piece of it is the idea that the job itself deals with undesirable waste. And so as a result of that, I think people mm. look down upon it. So working mm. in, in, you know, ultimately in the big universal sense, nobody cares that n- there's nothing out there that says that, uh, 
human waste is this terrible thing to be shunned, but we obviously, as it's our waste, are repulsed by it, uh, generally speaking. And um, I think that there's a negative perception that can come upon not just plumbers, but also just other people who work with waste, waste management, and other sorts of similar uh, materials. I think that there can be a negative, th- I think that that can be sort of a, um, stigma is the wrong word, but I would say- Association? Yeah, yes, exactly. It can be a negative association. I think our society also makes it so that they you kind of think when you're growing up like you should go to like a one certain path and that's usually leading us to college mm-hmm. now. And it doesn't really educate us on these skilled trades which are super important. And very in demand currently. Very mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say very in demand and also very hard to come by like this like hard to find people that do take time to learn these trades and make it kind of part of the ways that they contribute to society. And I think that's also one of the reasons that they might be asking this question. Because if you say, you know, I'm coming out of high school, what do you want to be? I want to be a plumber. I think society has completely washed our brains of like, oh, you want to go into something like that? You don't want to go into like college and a white collar job. Um, so I think that's also a reason why this question might be. If being there asked. are people yeah. out there who aren't interested in really getting their hands dirty, pun intended, with plumbing, you could still go into the corporate side and get a degree in, say, supply chain management or mm-hmm. um, management of some sort or whatever, because waste management, and we've talked about landfills today. This also reminds me of a question we talked about on our very first podcast, which was uh, a handyman who lived at home with his mother. And he wanted to know, right. right? And we all said, we all chimed in and said um, that you know, if he if he is a handyman and he's fixing things, and that's that's a valuable skill. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. we're all in agreement on that. Yeah. All right. So being a plumber is not something to be ashamed of. Our next question comes in from Reddit user Titus, <laughs> and the question is, what is the coolest animal you saw in the wild? Mine are pretty boring. Like what? <laughs> the coolest. I mean, I can't think of anything super cool. Like I chased a sheep one time. That's not the wild. Oh, it was the wild. <laughs> Let me tell you. There was <laughs> um, one of the places where I grew up was next to a farm. And the farmer had two sheep that were supposedly dead. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, turns out one of them wasn't dead. And so I had like, it was like evening and I, I pulled up into like the next to the house and I got out of my car and I saw like a creature run by through like back by the barn. I'm like, what the hell was that? Was that a chupacabra? <laughs> and then I, so I went back and followed it and then I saw it was a sheep running around. Wow. And then, um, was I, the sheep injured? I, it, I didn't look severely injured. Like I couldn't. I didn't get a good look at it, but I talked to my dad. I'm like, Dad, you know there's like a sheep running around outside? <laughs> Anyways, the next day, I it was like midday this time, and I go, I'm getting into my car, and I see the sheep. So I stared the sheep down. And then I'm like, I'm going to get closer to the sheep. So I started going towards the sheep. The sheep took off. I pulled up my phone camera, turned it on, and I said something like, you're in the middle of a live sheep chase, and I was chasing the sheep. And this sheep 
was this was a wild sheep because it was no longer in the containments of the cages or fences of the farm. <laughs> and this sheep goes running back into like this barn area and I'm following it. It goes in and circles around and comes out charging at me. And I <laughs> You probably that, deserved that. Yeah, I probably you're did. being exploitative. I probably and... did. So I, I literally dove out of the way as the sheep tried to take me down. Um oh. so that was that was a pretty major experience with a wild animal. Maybe not a bear, but that sheep will come at you if you chase it too far. And maybe not in the wild, but you know. Eh, the wild. <laughs> Somewhat the wild. What a great sheep's tail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the coolest thing that I've seen in the wild was a, I believe it was a gray whale. Uh, I was wow. in Hawaii. Um, our theme, if you go to Hawaii, if you go to Maui, like the months of January, like December, January, mm-hmm. you will see a lot of whales, which is so cool. And our theme was a whale a day. We got to see a whale a day. But we actually went whale watching. And um, first, this giant whale came right up to the boat, like right up and splashed our boat and was playing with the boat, um, which was really cool. But then also, a mama whale had just given birth to a baby whale. And so um, we were like near there and they were... Um, the mama whale was pushing the baby whale up to get air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the baby was learning how to breathe. And it's very rarely do you find, um, very rarely do you get to see like a mom just have birth with a, a whale and and that interaction. Right. So that was probably the coolest and thing that's, I've ever seen and, in my life. And that's the thing about whales, if I'm not mistaken about whales and porpoises, that they are, they have to learn to voluntarily breathe right so Mm. with us we are involuntary breathers Mm -hmm. we just breathe but whales have to whales and dolphins have to learn to breathe so it's really interesting to consider that um but yeah Lori, i was gonna say didn't you see humpback whales as well um i'm pretty sure they were all gray whales but i think i might have said that they were humpback but i'm not did they breach positive yeah if they like did they really jump out of the water? Yeah. They're probably humpbacks. Gray whales rarely do that. Okay, then maybe it was a humpback whale. Dude, uh, gray whales usually, they just give you the little tail flip. <laughs> so th- that's all I you see. Know. You just see that little tail come up at the end, but they're big whales. I'm pretty sure it was a gray whale. But I think but I think gray whales more commonly will go, they'll dive really deep, and then they'll they'll come up. And they'll just come right to the surface and just barely get their blowhole out of the surface and then just put their little tail, big tail, <laughs> up. Um, whereas humpbacks breach a lot more. But I'm so sorry, guys. I don't mean to be But I can talk about all kinds of different animals that I really had to think deeply about it. The first thing I thought was I saw a cassowary in Indonesia in Java. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And, They're like and, living dinosaurs. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was. At, but then I, real, I realized it really wasn't the wild because it was in a pen. But uh, it was yeah. at an archaeological site. And, I mean, my understanding was it was a it was a wild captured cassowary that they just had basically tied up in this cage, oh, and wow. so that was kind of sad. 
but it was yeah. a really creepy animal to be around, even though it was in a cage. It was like it was doing this thing where it was not making a sound, but its mouth was like slowly opening, mm-hmm. and it was just looking at me like I was just right. I was looking at it in profile so it was like it just had its one side of its head was looking right at me and its mouth was just slowly opening and it started to make this like low creak and it was just very creepy and i thought to myself like i would not want to be like in the forest with this thing um how tall i think they'll stand up to like uh you know eight feet tall maybe oh geez god they're so terrifying yeah (laughs) that was a crazy one but i've also seen a lot I love birds, so yeah. I've, I, I, I love uh, going and looking for birds. So there's I've seen a lot of really cool birds in the wild if you're into that. So mm-hmm. like I think the the one of the coolest ones that I've seen uh, in the wild that was not a bird that I was worried about potentially attacking me was a uh, black kite, which I saw in Indonesia as well. Uh, this dude was just hanging around the the place where I was staying. He would just kind of come down and uh, fish and go up the mountain and go do whatever. Um, I have, but I mean, if it, that's kind of the most impressive bird. I feel like all the other birds, if I said them off, wouldn't be very impressive. But I've seen <laughs> herds of bison, and that was really cool. So that's a like I, I've driven across country a couple times. Definitely, I've encountered some bison. Um, and yeah, that's, I think those were probably my, the top ones I can think of at the moment. Nice. Nice. I've got a couple and the two that stand out to me are both invertebrates. So, um, I'm going to tell you these stories. So the first, um, creature, uh, I saw when I was actually visiting my parents in Florida and at the time they had these papaya trees. So like my dad had got a papaya and like started a million seedlings and they just grow like crazy in southwest florida anyway so we're sitting out on the lanai with like my family which is like a uh enclosed screen porch and i noticed that there are these like little like hummingbirds all around the blossoms on the papaya trees Mm. and it's really weird because like hummingbirds don't like come out at dusk and i like realized like as I'm looking at them, that they're not actually hummingbirds. They were moths. So I had to look it up. It's called a hummingbird a hummingbird moth. And they have the same flight patterns um, as hummingbirds. That's where the name comes from. Uh, and it's kind of a nice example of like how that flight pattern can evolve in two completely different uh, species. One being the hummingbird, which is obviously in a vertebrate bird and uh the hummingbird moth which is an insect um and my mind was just like completely blown because like if i didn't like take a closer look i would have thought they were um small you know like hummingbirds that came out at dusk but they were definitely moths and it was nuts that those guys are so cool they're crazy do they have those in too or like uh, yeah i mean i have i can't recall seeing you there I've definitely seen some here in the states though oh you have that's cool i didn't know if they were like just really like in warmer climates like i've never seen them anywhere besides well it could have been it could have been on my computer screen that i saw them but i was oh. in the united states yeah oh. i'm not sure i definitely <laughs> had no i definitely know about them oh but, cool uh, yeah yeah 
I would never have like believed no, I have if seen I didn't these see guys. them. They're crazy. I have seen these guys. I know I've seen these guys. It's they are bad. they're so crazy. And they're, they're little... big for moths, but they're yes. like smaller than birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the second story I want to share with you, which is is the last thing, also happened in Florida. Um, I went to this like beach bar with some friends of uh southwestern uh, Florida coast and when we got out of the bar around like 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. like we're like let's go for a swim which is like a great idea obviously and so we get in the water like me and my friends and as we're swimming out into the into the water we notice that there's actually a bioluminescent um, dinoflagellate bloom so we're swimming through the water and every time we like stroke or like move, like all of that movement is just creating these like plumes of light that are being produced by um, dino flagellates, um, which were growing in the water at the time. So that phenomenon is bioluminescence is completely magical. It was just like the one of the most amazing things I'd ever experienced in my whole life at that time. And it was completely, you know, like a uh, uh, novel experience. Like I had learned about bioluminescence and like knew it existed, but I'd never experienced it in that way. And it was completely magical. And apparently these blooms of, uh, uh, you know, this type of um, organism, like they can happen in different areas around the world. Like there's a bioluminescent bay that's in Puerto Rico and there's other spots um, around the world where you can experience experience this kind of thing. But I had no idea that like Benita Beach, Florida was one of them. So highly recommend. I have always wanted to see that. Oh my The God. bioluminescence. <laughs> that sounds so cool. So magical. So magical. And Josh, you were right. It was a humpback whale. Yes. It was not a gray whale. Yeah. Humpback whales go to Hawaii to breed. I've never seen a humpback whale. When we went whale watching, uh, you went with us, right? Lori was me and my parents and you. We went in mm-hmm. down in um, Southern California. We only saw the gray whale, but we saw some Maybe dolphins. that's why I'm getting it confused, because yeah. we did see a gray whale. We saw a lot of seals. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we thought they did. They were like, "We're going to see some whales today." We saw one whale and like 157 seals. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, aren't humpback whales gray? Yeah, they look very similar, but they these ones were definitely breaching. They were jumping like crazy. Oh, yeah. They were having a good time. I got to go look at more animals in the wild, I guess. Really? I know. I go down. I, well, I take a walk every day. We have all kinds of shorebirds. I can talk, start talking about avocets and herons. And I love having, I love, I love pelagic or like seagoing birds because hmm. they're very like hard to find. They're just on the water all the time. Oh, uh, big pelican guy. What's that? You a big pelican guy. I love the pelicans. Yeah. Those those dude did you see my Mortal Kombat reel with the pelican? <laughs> no. Oh, I sent it to you on Instagram because I made it with the with a Mortal Kombat like remix song and I was like, "Oh, I've got, I know Col- Colton loves Mortal Kombat." But yeah, I I've got, I've got so much footage of pelicans like taking out fish, like diving right into the water. <laughs> yeah, if you would like to see uh music with nature on Instagram, you should uh, follow Josh. Um what's your handle? Yes. Semanticalities. <laughs> I think another thing that really shook my little kid brain was salamanders. Oh, 
We caught salamanders when we were a kid. I don't know if anybody else did, but there was a specific one that had like a, it was like a red tailed, I think, salamander or something like that. And all I knew was that if you touch their tails, it would disconnect from their body and then they'd (laughs) regrow a new one. And I thought it was like crazy land Um, because my elementary school had this pond um, and we would just like go down there for science class. Like that was our science class in the fourth grade. And so we saw like tiny little tadpoles and things like that. And then we had to go and find things in the woods and salamanders were one of them. And I thought they were fascinating. So they're not really crazy, but like, as far as you can pretty much see them if you go try, but they're really cool. Josh, weren't you in a boat one time, like at night with a bunch of crocodiles all around? Yeah, that was when I was in Mexico. We went crocodile hunting. Whoa. <laughs> what? Just nonchalant yeah. about it. <laughs> that was all the way back in 2009. It really wasn't as amazing as I made it sound at that time, but we did see a lot of crocodiles and uh the guy definitely pulled a small croc into our boat, but it wasn't it was we were never in any real danger. Yeah, gotcha. You know, this was we were we were we were yeah. Um I don't know. Maybe it's been a while, but we definitely, we definitely, I I definitely saw some crocodiles there. I haven't seen any crocodiles in the States, but they definitely have a lot of those like down in Florida, right? Those are alligators. Did you ever see any down there? Those are alligators, not crocodiles. We got, we need to differentiate here between alligators and crocodiles. Oh, thank you. Uh, Crocodiles are crazy, monstrous dinosaurs. Alligators are little babies compared to crocodiles. The American alligator is like smaller, but yeah, we used to get them on campus. I went to FGCU down in Fort Myers, Florida, and like there were um, alligators that would um, sunbathe like in like some of the common areas, like out on the concrete. (laughs) And then they, you know, like swim back into like the marshy areas on campus and stuff. So I would see those on campus quite often and like, you would see alligators and canals and things like that. Like not big ones though, maybe like three feet, four feet max. Um, and so like anytime there was a, an alligator, like sunbathing, like out um, on the concrete areas at on campus, like students would be like surrounding it, like taking <laughs> photos. <laughs> like, I, And they just like sit there though. So it was, it was cool. But yeah, the, I wouldn't consider that like alligators in the wild, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. That's all the questions we have for today. If you have any questions on Reddit, you would like to direct our way for consideration on the podcast. You can send those to no stupid answers podcast at gmail.com or you could tweet them at us. Our Twitter handle is at N-O-S-A underscore podcast. Um, If you like what we're doing here, please give us five stars on your podcast app of choice. That would help us out the most. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye, all. One time I saw Jaguar's footprints.